The world is like a ride at an amusement park. And when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. I can tell you from experience, the effect you have on others is the most valuable currency there is. Don't think. Feel. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Hey brothers, I hope wherever you are and whatever it is that you're doing that this audio finds you exceptionally happy and healthy. I'm in a very good place in my life at the moment. I'm feeling a really good energy and I'm happy to share it with you guys. I'm also happy and very excited to share today's guest who is someone I haven't known for that long. We've been friends for a couple of years, but we've become very close in that short space of time. He's someone I admire very much. I call him Captain America because he looks like Captain America and he also has a very strong moral compass and a, a very powerful set of ethics. He reminds me a lot of the Steve Rogers character from Captain America. He's one of those people I can always trust to do the right thing. And something else that he always reminds me of is an expression, which is that a real man has traveled a long road on the way to himself. And this gentleman has traveled a very long and winding road to become the person he is today. And he's just a world-class person and he's had a hugely interesting bunch of experiences and he has a lot of wisdom to share and uh, I'm excited that he gets to share it with you. Before we dive into the episode, I just want to share with you guys a little bit about my work. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know I've been coaching for two years now and uh, I was coaching in a one-to-one capacity only, but now I'm also doing a mastermind group which is a wonderful group coaching platform. The guys in the mastermind are all growing really quickly. They're improving their health, their wealth, and their relationships at a rapid pace. And uh, they're doing it in a fun way as well. They're all supporting each other and we're all, we're all growing together, which is cool. If you are a guy who knows that you are not fulfilling your potential and you want more of life, you want a better career, you want to maybe start dating a higher quality woman, or you're in a relationship that's not serving you, or you feel that you're you're just not as confident as you could be, or your boundaries aren't as strong as they could be, or you just want to learn more stuff, more, learn more about the world and how to navigate in it, this mastermind could be for you. So if that sounds interesting, send me an email, nick, which is N-I-C at liberationmentor.com, and um, we'll discuss it and see if it's right for you. And if it is, we'll, we'll get you involved. Also, my nootropic product is available now. If you're not familiar with what nootropics are, they're vitamins for your brain. The correct formulations of nootropics can make you think more clearly, improve your memory, help you speak more fluently and form sentences in a better way. Funnily enough, the the gentleman who is the the guest that's coming up is the person who I've gone into business with in in my new health and wellness company, which you can find more about at 100%.health. That's 100percent.health. And the nootropic formula was formulated by our upcoming guest. He's had over 10 years experience of playing around with nootropic compounds. And uh, he started giving me this homemade nootropic that he he had created. And I was just so blown away by it that I convinced him we had to, to make it and, and turn it into a product. And after 10 months, we have finally got it on the market. It's an incredible product. 
I'm not just saying that, guys. I know there's other people out there that have podcasts and are selling vitamins. And I'm going to be straight up with you. A lot of that stuff is garbage. This is not. This is a product that we poured our hearts and souls into and it works. There's just no other way to put it. But don't take my word for it. Get some of it. Try it. If you don't feel that you've had a hugely productive, positive day while you're on it, just let us know and we'll give you a refund. You can find out more about that product, the best damn nootropic formula, also known as BDNF at 100%.health. Use the code BDNF25 and you'll get 25% off till the end of the launch, which ends at this, the end of this month. Okay, guys, let's dive into the latest episode or the latest interview with my good friend, Shane Eitner. Let's go. Hey, brothers, welcome back to the Liberation Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Gratis, and I'm here with my new business partner, Shane Eitner. Shane and I have been friends for going on two years, and we've been working together for about 10 months now. One of the healthiest, smartest, coolest human beings I've ever met. I've just considered it a privilege to have him in my life. And I've been wanting to get you on the show for a long time, Shane, because I, I think you have so much of value to share. So thank you so much for coming on, my man. Oh, thanks for having me. It's, it's a pleasure. Yeah, man. So let's let's start at the beginning because you have an interesting story. You know, if anyone looks at you today, uh, everyone in our social circle basically calls you Captain America because uh, I don't want to embarrass you, but you are a physical specimen, dude. You are a very good-looking, well-built dude. And it wasn't always the case. It's my understanding you were like a, a pretty skinny kid that was underweight for his age and he got picked on a lot. And I think it's a really fascinating arc that your your life has taken, right? To go from that to being literally Captain America. So would you mind starting <laughs> with that at the beginning? Uh, sure. Yeah, I grew up, I was, a, I was a pretty skinny kid. Definitely didn't have any, any uh, self-esteem or confidence when I was younger. You know, I had an overprotective grandmother that helped raise me and, and basically, you know, I was told never to fight back and never to defend myself, which is about the most poisonous thing that you can do to a young child. And so, uh, I just kind of got ran over all through grade school and, and never learned to develop any kind of, um, like any real character or confidence. And so that kind of stuck with me for a long time. And it, you know, it's something I always fought with and it, it caused a lot of depression. And uh, on top of it, I was extremely skinny. I mean, like, you know, talk about like a hard gainer. I just, you know, I mean, I was real thin. So that didn't help matters at all. And uh, I started lifting at about age 15 with a buddy in Texas. And, uh, you know, just casual and started putting on a little bit of weight and started growing. I had a massive growth spurt in Texas. Um, like the first year or two I was out there, I grew like six to eight inches. I mean, I just shot up and uh, started filling out. And so it started to create a sense of like, I don't know, I guess confidence in me. But it wasn't until I started doing jujitsu when I was 19, I, I ended up moving back to Los Angeles. And that's where I'm originally from, from North Hollywood. And uh, started doing jujitsu with some friends. And, you know, it's such a humbling sport. And at the same time, it gives you so much confidence. And that's really what started the, the change in my mind. And it didn't fix, didn't fix everything. You know, we can go over diet and, and all the other things that, that I had to implement in my life in order to get to where I'm at today. But, but jujitsu was, was one of the, the primary factors for really getting me out of that kind of victim, insecure, um, you know, scared little child. That's wild. And it, it was there. Okay. So a couple of things come to mind. The first is, it's so interesting to me how so many guys who I 
you know, I refer collectively to people like us and, and, and the listeners as people who are, or men who are on the path, right? They're on the path. They've, they've chosen, okay, I'm going to be the best version of myself, right? And I think it's interesting that so many of us start on that path with resistance training or weightlifting. And to me, it, it's such a beautiful practice, that thing, because, you know, it was the same for me. I was kind of like a chubby little kid. I wasn't very like strong. I wasn't very athletic. And then I got, I remember my dad, I bugged him into getting me a, a dumbbell for my birthday one year. And that was where it all started. I would just do dumbbell curls, right? Like that's literally all I would do. And then you would literally see, I would see results. I would see, okay, cool. My biceps getting bigger. And, and the idea that I could take control of my destiny and use an action to influence my physiology was just so profound for me. And it's never left me. Like, and that's why I think I've been for me, I really believe I can do anything in my life. I can change almost anything about my circumstances. I think it all stems from, or largely stems from that that first foray into resistance training. Was it kind of the same for you? Yeah, I, I think it, it, you're able to actually see the kind of physical change. You know, you're able to manifest it. You know, through through the weight training, you are seeing the physical growth, and you, I think you realize your own ability to to make that change. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. Yours was the dumbbell. I started working. So I I dropped out of school in eighth grade because I was so, you know, I just, I was miserable. I was really depressed. I felt like an outcast. I really want to talk about this. If I may, if I may interrupt you, I I just don't want to lose this track because I think it's so important. I made a comment once we were in the car and some person did something stupid in front of us in in the car in front of us or something. And I, I made, I said something like, oh, this dude obviously went to college and you were like, oh, it doesn't always going to college doesn't always, or not going to college doesn't always equate to lack of intelligence. And since then I felt really bad about that because I realized fuck, you didn't <laughs> go to college. Right. And, and I've been meaning to apologize for you, apologize oh, to you for that. Actually, Shane. I, I don't take anything like that personally. Trust me. But what I wanted to say is, man, if someone, I mean, the listeners will, by the end of this conversation, they'll be of the same opinion as, as me. But if someone sits down with you and, and talks to you for 20 minutes I mean, you're a highly intelligent guy. You're clearly well-read. You know how to express ideas. You know how to connect ideas. And you you dropped out of school in the eighth grade. I mean, to me, if that isn't a... I mean, that's a really powerful statement on just how in uh, unimportant traditional education actually is. Because it's my understanding that you basically took it upon yourself to educate yourself, right? Is that is that true? Yeah, yeah. So... What ended up happening is I was getting in trouble in North Hollywood because, again, I was I was just you know I was unhappy, I was depressed, and and uh, was just just unhappy in life. And so my parents moved me to Texas, and I think I was thirteen or fourteen. And when I got to Texas, you know, I mean, I had long hair. I was a Hesher, you know. I listened to Metallica and like Pantera, and it did not fit into the Texas scene at the, the junior high. So I I went one half day to I think it was ninth grade, and. Um, I showed up late and I got in there and there's people with cowboy hats in class. And I was like, oh man, I'm going to get my ass kicked here too. Like, <laughs> this is what I wanted to see. And so I went home that night. I basically just told my parents, I said, look, I'm not going back to school. You can't make me. And so that is what it is. I don't know what we do from here, but I'm not going back to school. And so wow. we, we had an agreement that I would do a homeschool course. And the teacher, her husband was a manager at a local ranch. And I was into animals and every, every moment I had to myself, um, while I lived in Texas, you know, I was at the Creek catching frogs or, you know, training my dog or doing something outdoors. So we had this agreement that if I would complete my assignments and at least, you know, 
do the minimal amount of work, then I could work at the ranch too. And so I worked at this ranch and I would, you know, get out there at four 30 in the morning and bale hay and move cattle and fix fence. And, you know, you'd be out in the middle of a field pulling mesquite for, you know, the entire day. And when you're, you know, when you're a kid from North Hollywood that doesn't really have this exposure, I mean, you, you, you grow up and it teaches you what's important and how, how great it is to be outside and what you really need. And, uh, you know, like the hay baling, that's an experience in itself. And, and that's, that's actually, what I was going to go to a minute ago when you're talking about doing the curls for your biceps. Like I remember I did three weeks of hay baling and I remember <laughs> getting in the shower. And I was either 14 or 15. And I remember looking in the mirror as I was about to get in a shower and I was like, holy shit, like, <laughs> I get shoulders from like, all of a sudden I just blew up, you know, and I was eating tremendous amounts of food. I mean, I was like a garbage disposal. So I was just eating and then throwing hay. And, you know, I think that's why I grew so much. It was just this, you know, the uh-huh. stimulus to all that, that exertion. That's, I just, I just love, I love that image. I can just picture you. Uh, the, the thing that comes to mind is that scene <laughs> in um, Conan, where he's, oh, he's the little slave kid and he's pushing <laughs> yeah. that thing and then like this it's yeah. yeah you know what i'm talking about totally. that's awesome um okay cool so so you know my my question uh where my mind was going when you, when you just described this whole thing about how you you did some resistance training and working out and mm-hmm. you, you kind of changed you went from this kid who was beat down and bullied to this person who had a, a level of confidence and, and self-respect and stronger boundaries can you remember was there a specific incident where you're like i'm different now like did something happen to take place that really crystallized that for you man you know i okay so i started jujitsu at 19 and i started realizing you know i i kind of started realizing that that i at least had strength behind me because i would go with guys and i was stiff man i never had a very good fluid game you know i was just one of those kind of you know, more immovable objects than, you know, somebody who transitions while does everything. Mm-hmm. But because of that, I, you know, I could kind of stop guys. And that I think was the first hint that, that I had more in my tank than I, than I ever really thought. And it started giving me an idea of like, oh man, I'm, I'm capable. I can take care of myself. You know, I can, I can create problems for these other guys that are like good athletes and big guys and, you know, strong guys and smart guys. And, I can get in there and mix it up too. And that, that was kind of the, the seed where the, where the seed got planted. Um, mm-hmm. But it, you know, this is the thing you can, you can get that, that low level of confidence, but at your core is where, where it really needs to begin. And mm-hmm. man, I'll tell you that, that didn't change until I'm not even kidding within the last, you know, I mean, really it didn't solidify until last year. I know that sounds mm-hmm. crazy, but there was always this, this small part of me inside that just never could believe what my potential was. And it just plagued my entire, my entire adult life as well as my childhood. So I, I started building those tools at 19 and I started bouncing in nightclubs. Um, I was trying to sneak into a club one night and, and the security manager actually, uh, I pretend like I'd lost my ID there and, and I was just going to try to slide in. And he asked if I wanted to work and I started making like 35 bucks cash a night to like, bounce at this this pretty rough nightclub in downtown uh-huh. LA and and that started building a little bit of confidence and and started moving me towards that you know where I am now but um again it was all surface you know you could get in there and you'd fight guys and you throw guys out and end up in scuffles but it doesn't change inside you know you can do these things you can feel good temporarily but it's kind of like an ego band-aid yeah 
It may look, I mean, it makes total sense. It reminds me of a, a story I've told, I think, once or twice uh on, on the show before. But you know, my my wife has dated some fucking super alpha dudes before me, right? Like we're talking VPs of Fortune 500 companies and the Navy SEAL and like I mean, when I found out it was pretty fucking pretty tough on the old ego, but she's, she's dated these super alpha dudes. And, and one time before we got married, um, quite early in our relationship, something happened and I fucking, I just broke down crying. Like, I think she had, I can't even remember what it was like, but it was, it was a, a big, we had a big fight and I started crying and I remember she was sitting on the bed and I was sitting on the floor and I was just crying and I was like, I was weeping. I was like, I just didn't want you to see me like this. I didn't want you to see me like this. And she said, she just looked at me and she was like, Nick, it doesn't matter how tough the guy is. Like sooner or later, they all end up like this. They all, and, and that really, that really stuck with me that this understanding that like even the most alpha dudes, right. Aren't necessarily fucking they don't necessarily have that strong core, right? Like I remember meeting another guy once um, when I'd, I'd moved to Australia to be with this girl, right? And it didn't work out. And I came back with my tail between my legs. My heart was broken. I was fucking a miserable wreck. And I met this dude who was a Navy SEAL and he had gone through something very similar. He moved overseas for a trick and she had kind of, something had gone wrong and the relationship had failed. And he was absolutely broken by it. And I remember thinking to myself, Jesus, like, uh, maybe I'm not that weak and pathetic as I thought I was if a Navy SEAL went through the same thing, right? So I don't know where I was kind of going with this, but it's like, uh, it is, there's not really a correlation between the outward appearance and the career and the number of kills or sorties or whatever, whatever metric you want to use and how strong a guy is internally, like in, in, his, in his core, right? Yeah, uh, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, <laughs> a lot of people kind of do the, the fake it till you make it thing where they, they pretend to be something they're not, you know, and I think it happens for the majority of people's lives and that's just human nature. You know, we, we, we do our best to, well, not everybody does their best to be the best they can, but you know, I'd like to think that, that people do do whatever, whatever the best is for them, whatever they're, they're capable of. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be less of a person, you know? Sure. But but at the core, no matter, no matter what your accomplishments are, if, if you don't have, if you don't have that, that level of comfort inside, I mean, you're, you're always going to have that pain and suffering. And it's not until you, yeah. you fix that, that you, you really are truly strong in my opinion. And, you know, like I said, you know, I'm a fairly big guy and, and even bouncing and working security, you know, I can see the influence I had over people by the way they would react to me and by, and which made it easy for me because I could be a nice guy. I never had to be mean or tough or anything because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I knew I could take care of myself. The people that I was dealing with knew I could take care of myself. And so it, um, I think it established a better relationship. And that's one thing I have to say is I'm actually very grateful to have gone through the process that I have because, you know, I think a lot of people that have gifts early on and, and, or just, you know, absolute confidence when they're young, Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't get to go through those challenges. I feel like those yeah. challenges give me a, a unique perspective on life and, and an advantage in a lot of ways. That's it's so interesting. You mentioned that because one of the favorite, one of my favorite understandings is, you know, the difference between a talent and a skill. Right? Like, uh, it's a talent is fickle. Right? It's it's this God given or this natural thing that you have, but it's 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 a fickle mistress. Whereas a skill is something that you've earned and you have a far greater control over than a talent. 
And I think, as you said, a guy like you, who's gone through the trials and tribulations to become the man he is, and, you know, is, is far, you're skilled as opposed to the natural dude who just kind of had the confidence and swagger. And I would prefer a guy like you at my back in a, in a bad situation than, than the natural guy any day of the week, any day of the week. I appreciate that. So I wanted to talk a little bit about your, your next career after the bouncing and we could probably talk about the bouncing more, but I, I find it even more fascinating. After that, you became a, a bodyguard and you worked, I mean, ultimately you were a celebrity bodyguard. You worked for some of the, the most famous people in the world. We won't mention names for obvious reasons, but I'd just like to hear a little bit more about that and what you learned about being submersed in that world and how it, how it changed your perspective on and, and your worldview and the way you moved through the world. Man, it's, it's, there's a lot there. You know, you know, I don't know where to start. It, it's it's a strange place to be in. You know, I grew up in like an entertainment family, so I grew up on the set of Punky Brewster when I was a kid. My my mom worked as a casting agent for that, and my dad was always in acting and directing. And so, but even even with that that kind of foundation, to some you know to be sitting on a private jet next to somebody that you've been watching your entire life. Sometimes you have these moments where you're like what am I doing here? This is, this is a bizarre, <laughs> uh-huh. bizarre place to be. But you get to realize that they're just people. They're just human beings. Um, same problems, same issues. Um, the, the thing I think that most people don't understand about the, the job of security when you're, when you're in that position is you're not just doing security. It's not like you're bouncing a club where you're just looking out for threats. And I think people have this um, very romantic idea like the bodyguard, you know, you're traveling around and you're in these like crazy high-risk situations and you're doing... Yeah all these wild things. And to be honest, most of the time you're a driver, you're a babysitter, you work kind of as a, a nanny. Sometimes you're a teacher. <laughs> I mean, we were, we were training some of the kids in jujitsu and, and MMA when we were with one client. You, you, you have a lot of hats to fill. And I've been really fortunate. I've worked with some, some great people. I've only had a couple of, of bad, you know, just, just clients I wouldn't call ideal. Mm-hmm. The more, majority of them have been, been awesome. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it was, it was a, it was a great, it was a great part of my life. And it gave me some, I think, again, I'm, I feel very fortunate to have that kind of understanding of the world because it's, it's, it's not, it's definitely not normal. And, um, while it's, there's still people and it's still, it's still just, it's weird, man. I, I don't know how else to say about it. It's kind of artificial. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 yeah. it's a, it's a totally artificial Reality, I guess, is another way to describe it, um, that they exist yeah. within. And then you you actually are creating that, or you, you play a role in creating that artificial reality for them, which must just be such a strange thing to be a part of in my, in my mind. Yeah. And, and like I said, just the, the ability to be flexible is where you succeed in that career. And that's one thing, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm much more of a peacemaker than I am, you know, some kind of an authoritarian. Um, mm-hmm. I would have been a horrible cop because I just, just not how I work. Mm-hmm. but in, in that kind of security, it can be, you know, it's, it's instrumental in, 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 uh, like deescalation and avoiding conflict. If you sure. can't talk to people and you can't build rapport quickly and you can't understand another human being, you're going to have problems. And mm-hmm. that was really my strong suit. And I think that's why I succeeded so, so well in that, that position. I mean, everything you've just said to, to be fair, it could like the, you need to, you need flexibility in that role, but you're, you need flexibility in, in all roles. I mean, that's the way you get to the, that's the way you perform in any career is being flexible and being able to, as you said, de-escalate things and understand another human being's perspective. And I, you know, I know for myself, I've failed 
in a couple of my endeavors because I lacked mental flexibility and I lacked the ability to see the other person's point of view. So I think what you've just said there is absolutely key to anyone listening is try to cultivate those habits of empathy and flexibility. And, and thank you for sharing that, Shane. So, I mean, now, now, now that we know a little bit about who you are and what shaped you and, and how you became the man you are today, you're one of the people, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm health is one of my, my top values, right? Like it, it really is something that is a priority to me. And I've been studying health and well-being for literally as long as I can be, I can remember, and I've surrounded myself with some people who are very knowledgeable on the subject. But one thing I've come to realize about health specifically, like anything else, is you need to question whether the person who is telling you how to do something, whether they've just, if they're just trying to sell you the recipe or if they've actually baked the cake, right? Mm. So the example I use is, uh, let's say someone's trying to teach you how to be an entrepreneur, then you have to ask the question, okay, show me the businesses that they've started. Or if someone's trying to teach you, if they're trying to be a relationship coach, you want to say, like, you want to see, are they happily married? Uh, have they been divorced? Like, what's, you want, you want to look at the cake that they've made, right? right? The thing that, why I take everything you say about health and nutrition so seriously is because you look very healthy, right? Like, there's just no <laughs> doubt about it, right? Like, you know, you see some of these doctors, um, and we can get into that. I know you're not a huge fan of the traditional medical establishment, but you see some doctors online who, or, or on TV who are trying to teach people about health. And these dudes are the unhealthiest looking dudes out there. And so I don't, I just, I can't put any faith in what they say. Like I can't, I can't separate those two things. Well, like their appearance, and I'm not talking about like if they're a good looking person or not. Like I'm, I'm talking about literally, you can see if a human being is healthy or not. I can't separate their appearance and their advice. And so that's why I put so much stock in what you have to say. And I just, that's a very roundabout way of me, oh, me bringing it to this point. But I'd just like to know, like, okay, let's start with how did you get so interested in, in, in health and well-being? I mean, it was something I, I've always been interested in. I just didn't know. You know, it's, it's, it was unfamiliar territory when I was young and I didn't have the internet. So the only reason I'm educated at all at this point is because of the internet. So, you know, again, as a kid, I, I didn't really read any textbooks or anything. I would do something. I read like the Tao of Jeet Kune Do, and that was like my idea. Like, you know, I do push-ups and you know whatever. That's great. <laughs> and um, you know, I thought I was being healthy, and I was eating you know cheeseburgers every day and drinking soda and whatever. And I got into my, you know, I was bouncing. And I remember I was working these horrible hours, and they're really long. And um, you know, I mean, I'm getting off work at three a.m. some nights, and I'm going and putting down like six or seven like ultimate cheeseburgers from Jack and Jack. I mean, I ate like like ridiculous amounts of food and fries, and I got away from soda in my early twenties. And uh, you know, I went to iced tea, and you know, and I slowly, so then we made my way to like Subway sandwiches, and I slowly like tried to find my path. And I eventually, I was I remember I was dating this one girl, and her father had a book on the shelf that he'd given her or something. And I just remember it was the zone diet by Barry Spears. And, uh, I started reading that and that was the first introduction I had into like really how the body works into metabolism. And that is really what changed the game for me. And, you know, I went from being a, you know, a fairly, I was always in good shape, but never like shredded. And after I read that book and after I had an understanding of, you know, what macros were and how to balance them and where, you know, what ratio worked best for me. I mean, I went from probably 
18% body fat down to like, you know, single digits. And wow. yeah, and, and, and in that came uh, relief from depression. Uh, you know, besides the fact that I felt more confident because I felt great, um, my energy levels went up. The depression subsided because I wasn't getting all these sugars because I wasn't inflamed. And um, that really was the, the linchpin and, um, you know, the change to, to have the drive to want to learn more about health and, and continue down that road. That's awesome. And, and so, yeah, like, I guess this brings me to the next topic, which I'm very, obviously very invested in and very interested in is you obviously started a, a love affair with nootropics at some point <laughs> during this whole thing, because I mean, I'm going to tell the story, the, the, the listeners have obviously heard in my introduction, I'm going to tell the story of how we, how we met and how we came to start working together. But I mean, you have opened my mind to the the power of, of those substances. And I'd, li- I'd love to hear how, how you kind of started going down that path. Man, um, you know, funny enough, you were one of the first people. Okay, well, it's, it's, a, it's a complex thing. I think the first product I tried was actually Alpha Brain back in the day. And I hadn't really heard much about it. And this is during a time when I just started to learn about ayahuasca. And, you know, Aubrey Marcus was, had his interview with Rogan. And I remember you had been on. And I remember hearing your story as well. and. I just really started getting interested in neurotransmitters and how they affected your brain. And um, the first generation of Alpha Brain, I thought was a really good product. And it's since changed, but I definitely saw some benefit. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. This is actually something that I can like take and I can notice an immediate change. Like there's mm-hmm. definitely like a sharpening. And I remember one of their pitches was back in the day, I think it was Rogan, he would, he would talk about it. He'd go, hey, you know, this is what's in it. If you want to make your own, go make your own. And I was like, well, hell yeah, I'm going to go make my own because I want to understand why this mm-hmm. does what it does. And that was, I mean, gosh, we're talking, this is probably 2011, 2012, somewhere around there. And then I just began obsessively making nootropics for myself. And as I got deeper into it, I started finding that you know, all the depression that I would have, if it started to swell up, man, I could, I could suppress it pretty well. And, and it's not just nootropics, you know, it's, it's doing other things. It's getting exercise, it's eating clean and, and understanding what that is as well. And I just started my foray into like keto at that point too. And that helped a lot. And so all these things kind of tied in together, but, but the nootropics were, were the biggest eye opener to me, just that you could take this, this compound or, or, you know, a few different compounds if you get the ratios right, you go from being somebody with a little bit of brain fog and unmotivated to feeling like you could conquer the world. It's just, you know, it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, my story is, with regards to nootropics is a little bit different. I started with, I mean, the first time I started really getting interested in it was probably when, like everyone else, I watched the film Limitless. And, you know, that film made such an impact on me because... It, it really encapsulated how I try to live my life. You know, I, I want to be operating at peak efficiency. I want to be the absolute fucking best version of myself. And seeing the Bradley Cooper character, seeing that transformation in him, you know, from being a dude who kind of like, he just couldn't really <laughs> get his shit together. And then totally. suddenly like it just switched on. I was like, fuck, dude, I want, I want to, because I already thought I was a pretty switched on dude. And I was like, fuck, imagine if I take some of this stuff. And I remember I was in Thailand at the time um, and I, a friend of mine, one of the digital nomads there, he gave me some 
uh, black market modafinil, also known as Provigil, which is a wakefulness agent. It's a pharmaceutical drug. Uh, and I took one of them and I, I remember thinking to myself, fuck, this is what it feels like to be thinking clearly. You know, and, and the most interesting thing for me was the way I could create associations within my mind of long lost memories and new ideas that I'd come up with. And I could synthesize fresh co content from those two variables. And then it was, my, my brain was basically just switched on. It felt switched on. And so I, I've, <laughs> I remember I wrote a book in Thailand, my first book called The Black Belt Blueprint about jujitsu. I wrote it in like I think it was like 10 days just because I was taking this modafinil every day. I was just going, popping it and going to the co-working space and just, it allowed me to concentrate and focus in a way I'd never experienced before. But then for me, the, the thing was, I, I kind of stopped using modafinil because I couldn't get it anymore. And then when I got back to England, I eventually found another supplier of it. It was kind of illegal to be taking it because it was a prescription medication. Obviously in Thailand, you can take whatever the fuck you want because it's Thailand, right? But mm -hmm. in England, it was a little bit harder to get and then I noticed it was, I'd take modafinil and it would improve loads of different things. Like there were a couple of jujitsu competitions that, that I was on modafinil on and I performed better than I'd ever performed before. Like it was absolute night and day difference in, in how well I did. And it was great. But then, you know, as um, Tim Ferriss said to me when I interviewed him, he said, there's no such thing as a neurobiological free lunch. And certain things started happening just like just like in the movie limitless maybe not quite as serious i didn't get nosebleeds and shit and and lose track of time as he did but i noticed the one time after i did it i got really sick like really really sick just like terrible kind of flu symptoms and i got weird ulcers in my mouth and i was just wrecked for days and yeah you know, I, I kind of thought, oh, maybe I just caught a virus. And then I noticed the next time I took modafinil, the same thing happened. I got these weird ulcers in my mouth. And it's my understanding that ulcers appear when, you're, when your immune system is compromised and you, and you run down. And, you know, I, I kept, I'd take it every now and then, but then I started to notice the side effects were far outweighing the, the good, the benefits. Like it would make me depressed for days afterwards, literally days and days and days. And I got to the point where I was like, this is no longer an option. It's not worth the payoff. Just kind of like that's what getting drunk is for me now as well. Like the little bit of enjoyment I get from feeling drunk and talking shit with people is far outweighed by how crappy I feel the next day. So I kind of cut it out, but I was always looking, I was always looking like, I was like, I want to get that. Surely I can get that effect with something a little bit safer and a little bit more natural, you know? And so I started my foray into nootropic compounds, just like you, I, I tried alpha brain and I had a pretty interesting experience with it. I mean, I like it. I didn't think it was mind blowing, but I did have a couple of positive results. And then every now and then I'd find a substance that did something cool and maybe gave me some strange dreams or maybe made my memory a little bit sharper. But yeah, the love affair began right there and then. And um, yeah, like I guess that's why we got into business together with in this particular industry is because we're both just so sold on the on the power of these um, substances to change your consciousness and your, your experience and ultimately your life. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, the thing, just, just going back to how you're feeling on modafinil, you know, it's one of those things where I think this is the issue with a lot of the, the pharmaceutical drugs. They're super effective, but they're so, there's such a hard line on performance and making these things that are synthesized and, and pretty unnatural. Like you said, there's no biological free lunch. And without the supportive factors. And now, I'm, I, look, I don't know much about it, modafinil. I mean, I, don't, I understand the basics of it, but 
you know, there's, there's no other like supportive cofactors in there or anything else like you would see in, in a lot of the nootropics, you know, people try to add things. It's, it's why we have the whole coffee fruit extract in ours and why we have other protective additives. You know, we have phosphatidylserine and, and theanine and other things to help balance it because that's what you don't want to have. You don't want to have those side effects. And then, you know, on the flip side, when you look at the supplement market, I mean, here you have the, the pharmaceutical industry that makes these like really hard drugs that you have a lot of side effects from. And then the supplement industry, you have people kind of cutting corners. The, the issue I have with, with most of the supplements out there is I think they put marketing before making an actual, you know, the, before making the best product they can. And there's a couple of people out there making some really loaded products and they put a lot of money into it and they're really, really expensive. I can see they're, they're trying to do the right thing, but a lot of companies aren't. And I think, you know, a lot of people will go on Amazon and if you pick up a, a nootropic for $20, I just I had somebody reach out to me yesterday and they said, oh, I'd love to pick up your product, but I just got one. And they said it was really cheap. And I was like, well, get what you pay for. Get what you pay for. Yeah. <laughs> You're either going to have yeah. a lot of caffeine or stimulant or some, you know, some other kind of stimulant that might be a little bit more dangerous than caffeine in there. Yeah. Or you're just going to have something that doesn't work. And, and, you know, I worked really hard to, to make a product that checks all the boxes, you know, to the best of my ability, this is the best blend that I've been able to, to come up with in 10 years. And I still make little tweaks here and there. And you've, you've watched me go through that, but I'm, I'm I feel really confident in saying we have something really special now. Yeah. I, I, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, you know, like for me, if I'm, if I'm putting something into my body specifically as a type of, I guess you could call a nootropic, a fuel for your brain, just like when I'm putting fuel into, if I, if I own a nice car, I'm not going to use the cheapest fucking gas, dude, you know, like I'm going to use exactly. the premium stuff. And so, so to me, actually, when I look for things, not just nootropics, but this is an interesting phenomenon as well. Now I've, I've finally in the last few years graduated beyond being the type of person who always looks for the cheapest thing. Right. I, th I think this is, there's a very important thing. If you want to be successful, especially where you have to go beyond that, because if you're the type of person who's always like, what's the cheapest, what's the cheapest, how can I save money? How can, I mean, that's the kind of people you attract into your life as well. Right. Like that's one of the reasons with my coaching, my coaching, I know it's fucking expensive, but I want people who are going to value it. I don't want a guy who's like, Hey dude, can you do it for like 50 bucks? You know, like I, I don't want that. I don't want that whole energy. And I, I think it's the same with, any supplements you take, like just yesterday, I needed a new backpack. And so I was on Amazon and I actively was looking for a more expensive one. I don't want the fucking cheapest one right? because I'm not that person anymore. If that makes sense. Yeah, I'm with you. I had the same pitfalls. I was, I was always that guy, man. I mean, my, my handle on like Twitter and Instagram on the one is the noho hobo because I've always been like <laughs> a serial wanderer. I'm somebody who's, you know, I lived in my car for like, three months just driving through national parks and ended up living in a gym for a year and, and teaching mixed martial arts in North Carolina. I mean, I've always done that kind of stuff, but when you're in that mindset, it gets down to like, what can I afford? You know, I'm, well, I'm gonna have mm -hmm. to live on beans for a couple of weeks. You know, I was trading training for like eggs and bread at one point, you know, and that's, <laughs> that's look, it's all great. And it's, and it's a great experience to have in your life. But like you said, it comes to a point where you realize like, there's gotta be quality involved. And if you're shortcutting yourself and you're, you're trying to conform to everybody else's needs by doing it as cheap as possible. You're not helping them because they're not committed and you're completely selling yourself short. And so I think your, your mindset now, I think there's a happy medium, but that mindset of like, I buy quality things because I want to have a quality experience. I think it's... And because you're a quality person. Yeah. Right. You like you, you, it. you yeah. it's, I think a lot of it is to do with 
One of my favorite expressions is uh, people don't get what they deserve. They get what they think they deserve, right? Yeah. Which to me explains why so many fucking piece of shit narcissists and psychopaths rise to the top of our societies because they, they're, they're operating on the assumption that they deserve that, right? Even though they don't. It's, and it's not what they think. It's not what they um, deserve. It's what they think they deserve. And so if you go through life with this underlying subconscious idea that like I'm only worth the cheapest stuff or I've always got to buy the, choose the cheapest item on the menu in the restaurant. It's kind of sending a pretty strong message out to the universe that that's what you deserve, you know? And, and I think that that's something that any, any man who's wanting to take his life to the next level, he has to go beyond that. Uh, Shane, man, uh, obviously the listeners could probably hear I'm a little bit more hopped up than I usually am on these shows it's because I took, <laughs> I took our product just before I started this recording, but yeah, I'm, I think we could probably talk for another three hours, but I, that's a natural place for us to end this first cool. episode with you, because I think you're going to feature on the show a lot more often. People are going to, are going to love this one. And you're such an authentic guy with so much to share. And I just, I'm just so happy that um, we're friends and that we're working together. If the people listening want to get hold of you, what is the best place for them to go? Probably Instagram right now. Instagram. Yes, I would say it's probably the best. It's uh, at the Noho Hobo. It's T H E N O H O B O H O, the Noho Hobo. There's a lot yeah. of N's and O's and H's <laughs> in there. Okay, that's probably the easiest way. Um, other than that, you you can find me on our website, which is at 100 health on Instagram and 100 health on uh, on the web. Awesome, Shane, brother. Thousand blessings upon you. You as well, bro. Thanks, man. I told you he was a world-class human being and uh, he really is. He really is. What a blessing to know a guy like that. We met, I don't know uh, when exactly going on two years ago, but I remember meeting him and thinking, wow, this is such a cool dude. He's just got a, a good vibe. And something just told me, stay in touch with this guy. And, uh, you know, then we, we did stay, stay in touch. We weren't really close, but then after that experience in Hawaii on the mountain, I, you know, it just one thing led to another and now we're, we're very close friends and, and we're working together as business partners. And, uh, it was one of those things in my life that the universe really, really just made happen for me. And I'm, I'm so grateful to the universe and to Shane for being in my life. Guys, thanks so much for listening into the show. I am really getting into the groove here with Liberation Mentor on all levels. I'm enjoying the podcast and I'm getting, uh, more consistent with production of of the content and uh the coaching is going really really well as i uh said at the beginning of the show the mastermind group is it's it's a really special platform and um yeah take a chance send me an email nick nic at liberationmentor.com if it's something that interests you if you know it's time to go to the next level and you want some help there are a few better places than you could be than that mastermind group hope to hear from you guys soon and uh enjoy the rest of your week love and light